0: Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas.
1: From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Asciuti. Peter Rusciutti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style.
2: Hi, I'm Peter Rusciutti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. In the 1960s, the hippie movement grew up as a rebellion against the intertwining of politics and capitalism, which it called the Establishment. The pot-smoking hippies accuse the establishment of putting the pursuit of profit above everything to the detriment of every aspect of our society, from the environment to our access to recorded music. Flash forward to today, and it turns out the pot-smoking hippies were actually right about a lot of stuff. As pot is becoming increasingly legalized across the country, today's generation of socially conscious activists can be found inside the business establishment. They're part of a movement called conscious capitalism. Conscious capitalism says we can make and sell products for a profit but do it in a way that is consciously aware of who makes the product, what's in the product, and how the product is marketed and sold. Locally, a great example of conscious capitalism was naked pizza. It was an attempt to curb the country's obesity epidemic by making one of its contributors into a healthy option. Naked pizza was born in New Orleans, and its co-founder was Robbie Vitrano. Robbie's contributions to New Orleans entrepreneurship are numerous and legendary. And now he's back with not one, but two socially conscious products: good spread, a peanut butter and uncanny wellness, a company that is finding unique ways of delivering the legal derivative of cannabis CBD. Robbie Vitrano, welcome back to out to lunch. Thanks for having me. Dr. Bill Acousti is an orthopedic surgeon at Children's Hospital in New Orleans. He's an associate professor of orthopedic surgery at LSU Health Science Center. And Dr. Bill is the creator of Dr. Bill's Syrup. Dr. Bill's Syrup is a unique blend of maple syrup and cane syrup. You can find Dr. Bill's syrup at a number of places, including some of the Rouse's supermarkets and well-known New Orleans restaurants. Because Dr. Bill is a proponent of bone health and aware of the vitamin deficiency that erodes it, each serving of Dr. Bill's syrup has a full-day supply of vitamin D. Dr. Bill Acousti, welcome out to lunch. Uh, Pleasure is mine. Thanks, Peter. Robbie, Goodspread peanut butter is a textbook example of conscious capitalism. The Goodspread philosophy is to help cure severe acute malnutrition by donating a pack of what is called RUTF, ready to use therapeutic food, for every jar of Goodspread peanut butter sold. So far, the company has donated over 123,000 RUTF packets to people in need in Chad, Nicaragua, Uganda, and South Sudan. I don't know what the profit margin is on a, a jar of peanut butter, but I'm pretty sure Jif and Smuckers and other peanut butter manufacturers could afford to do this too, which leads me to the macro question in all of this. At the end of the day, you need to sell peanut butter. You're competing with Smuckers and Jif and everyone else. So is it your intention at Good Spread to have the conscious capitalism piece be the differentiator that separates you from the competition, or are you trying to inspire other companies
1: to follow you? It's the perfect question. And if you have the answer to it, I'm, I'm all ears. <laughs> so the, the, the idea of building a company around a mission is, is fraught with peril. And, and not the least of it is when you walk into an investor conversation, it's, it's, it's the red flag. It's like, okay, we, we, we love everything you're talking about, but you're going to drive it into bankruptcy you know, before the day's over. So the, the conversation around that differentiator, you know, is something that you have to hold very strongly. You have to build it. You have to make it matter. But the ultimate responsibility is to make it matter to the customer, right? I mean, it needs to show up at the shelf at that point of need, which gets back to your first question, is that we are competing against Jeff and Skippy and Justin's and everyone else that's in that category. And the fact of it is it's a commodity product. I mean, it is a product that Essentially, is made with two or three ingredients, you know, sometimes only one ingredient. You can basically mash peanuts, and you can make a peanut butter. So you can make it at home in your blender. Uh, there's a store brand, a private label, which is probably our major competition. We need to show up in a way that has a value proposition, a clear one. It needs to be priced correctly. It needs to be in a product form that people can use. The power user is the mother. We've got some mothers at the table here. So it's the one that's making four or five sandwiches every day. That's the one you want. And also happens to be the one that's probably going to be the most price sensitive to it. So we need to solve that problem, that inherent need that people have for peanut butter, how it shows up every day in the house, that you know it, it works, it's, it's tasty, it's nutritious. And we need to lay over another conversation, another value proposition, which is you can take that peanut, crush it, and go two ways. One way is that you can make a... a a badass peanut butter and jelly, and on the other way, you can actually use it as the central piece to a fortified therapeutic food with micronutrients, with powdered milk, with a little bit of oil in there, and actually save a starving child's life.
2: Okay, let's go over to the syrup division here. (laughs) Now, Bill, as a doctor, when you see a patient, the first thing you need is a diagnosis. You review the patient's symptoms, and you ask yourself, what is it? It's essential to know the correct answer to that question before you do anything else. There's a similar process in marketing. Before you can sell something, you need to know what it is you're selling so that you can position it. Dr. Bill's syrup is a mixture of maple syrup and cane syrup, on the label, it's called Dr. Bill's Cane and Maple Syrup. So how do you position it? Is it a substitute for maple syrup? Is it a maple-flavored cane syrup? What do you say when people ask you, what exactly is Dr. Bill's syrup?
3: All right, it's, uh, yeah, that the label... I'm oh, sure this is what
2: happens at parties, right?
3: <laughs> it's got a lot of uses. Um I'm it's not saved, Yeah, we're not using this to save children yet, but hopefully. Um, it's really the main ingredient, like the ingredient list shows, it's maple syrup with flavored with cane syrup, Louisiana cane syrup so it's really a maple based product with cane now a few other things added in, just specifically vitamin D but really it's a, a product anywhere you would put maple syrup in a food or any in a drink or anything that you would use maple syrup for or for that matter cane syrup you could use it in that place. Now it, if you want to find it on the shelf it's in the syrup section with the breakfast and the table syrups
2: Now get when people come down from out of town usually they will try anything, you give them boudin, they think it's all very exotic, right. but cane syrup if you're a maple
3: syrup guy, is a tough sell. But you think you've found the holy grail here? Well, so I originally hailed from the north. I've come from Connecticut, grew up, born and raised in Connecticut. Came down here in early 2000 uh, for was supposed to be a year, and now it's led to almost 20. I remember because you had
2: that bottle of maple syrup in your pocket. When That's you were right. I, I, down I didn't there. know
3: if I could find find any syrup here, so I I, I did strap that on the motorcycle <laughs> and brought it back with, with me. <laughs> Or when, what is, was that a jug of hooch, or is that uh, you know a <laughs> bottle of maple syrup you got t- t- tied to your back? And um, well, then I and I experienced cane syrup for the first time. It's just not something maple syrup's of course ubiquitous to the Northeast region. Everybody knows what it is. Down here, it's maybe not as popular. But when I came here, um, I was introduced to the fla- unique, unique flavor of cane syrup, molasses. It was it was different. It was strong. and It was powerful. And I, I, by itself, I, it, it it took me a little bit to get used to but then I so I just started putting both literally on pancakes or breakfast waffles and I thought well the two the two complement each other and that's when (laughs) so why not just put them in a bottle together or put them in a cup together and (laughs) pour it on a pancake and, and wow and brilliant. And, You're a and that's what oh, happens dr <laughs> bill they and uh, it's simplicity but that's that's exactly what happened I um, yeah
2: what does your family think they know you went to medical school and yeah they
3: yet well yeah that's a good well sometimes it's hard to convince your wife the utility of um, turning the kitchen into a test laboratory at midnight um, and then she wakes up and comes downstairs and finds half of her uh, pots and pans and utensils literally covered with syrup and She's and the kids are some sort pre- of uh, employees you've, you've put together here. Yeah, it's a, uh, so um, there was a, at one point early on when we were bot- labeling and bottling the syrup on the kitchen, uh, literally on the kitchen table, uh, my son who's six will, he's, he'll get a kick out of this, but he said, he looked at me and said, Dad, you know, you're like Willy Wonka, and I'm like one of the Oompa Loompas right now. That's <laughs> a- <laughs> and I laughed, and, and it was funny. But that's that's uh, that you know, was that'll probably be part. your eulogy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll be yeah. so great. Was, they, was it is so-
2: <laughs> was, you know what I like is um, is the visual because this is tr- I guess this is true, right? You deliver the product on your motorcycle. <laughs> that's this physician driving down the. With, with peter fonda and
3: uh this is so you know, or the great escape maybe uh <laughs> so yeah i'm not sure like uh, mrs butterworth is driving around you know to the local restaurants delivering cases of syrup on easter sunday but uh, you know, be really the way to go is uh, maybe on a vespa scooter or something but i i literally yeah i've got to work on distribution because it's uh it's getting tough to deliver syrup on the weekends. Or, and I think it's perfect by the way. <laughs> Don't change
2: a thing. All right. And
1: he runs course. these incubators, so he's got <laughs> the seal of approval. I'm a little I need concerned help. about his fair trade, you know, policy when he's <laughs> got his kids in there making No, Robbie, uncanny wellness is the the other side of the equation What do we got going there? So uh, uncanny is a full spectrum water soluble C B D product. So CBD is a derivative from the hemp plant. And not the... And not from marijuana, right? So it's in the same family. So it's the same species of plant, uh, but one is more responsible for the things that you probably do when you're off the air. The benefits uh, are significant, and the differences are important as well, because the recent Farm Bill just went through in February, which essentially opened up the sale and commerce around CBD. So CBD hemp had been basically... Uh, Glom together with marijuana and it was considered a, a Schedule One uh, narcotic. And so it was one that was essentially deemed illegal by the US government. And then over the last couple of years, you've seen states individually opening up markets for the sale of hemp uh, and, and marijuana, by the way.
2: And you have two homes, right? One in uh, Louisiana and one in Colorado. I, so.
1: Exactly. So I've spent a little bit of time, you know, in the laboratory in Colorado, <laughs> seeing what people are cooking on. And so they've been out in front of this for a long time and and innovating around it, developing a marketplace around it, developing retail strategies around it. So this is a place that's paying attention to how CBD is showing up in the marketplace. It's projected to be well over a $20 billion market by 2025. It's exploding in terms of interest. And one way to think about it, I mean, I'm getting a little bit off the subject, but is that for about 90 years, while hemp, which used to be prevalent in... U.S. Uh, economy, you know, was used for multiple purposes, has been essentially uh, off the, the scientific radar. Is the Farm Bill the next step here? Is that Yeah, so the Farm Bill has opened it up, right? Okay. So it's taken some of the risk out of it. And you can think about it across the board. So while it was technically not legal at a, at a federal level, that suppressed the ability to, for banks to participate, for instance. You had guys, you know, walking out of there retail shop at the end of the day with a bag of cash. It's all cash transaction, right? You know, there's no credit card. So the financial institutions haven't been able to align with it. Retail. So you talk to, I mean, you've, you've had uh, John Elstrad on this show a few yeah, times. Right? You know, John would tell you in, in much more deep and, and sophisticated way than I could, but ultimately the liability associated with something that is, federally illegal or not approved or regulated at a USDA level creates complexities on distribution right if you're a retailer you don't want to get sued for selling a product that's you know going to hurt somebody or kill somebody or not you know validated by USDA so all that's been suppressing the market but despite that suppression there's been these amazing markets spiking up in states that have said let's go for it you know, so let's let's get out in front of this. And within those markets, you got a few innovators, smaller scale retail, for instance. I'm just going to take stores. a guess. New going Orleans
2: is probably pretty progressive
1: in this, and the state of Louisiana is not. Is that it's correct? I mean, you're starting to see uh, franchise operations pop up. There's a handful in the city that are making it available. There's the the interest in it. There's the sort of curiosity around it. You know outstrips any access to it right now so in New Orleans there's been people that have been sort of nibbling around the edge of it now it's moving into a mainstream conversation and you know again I mean for all the the obvious reasons I mean you look at a, an aging population people with pains and aches they're desperate for anything they'll take away the pain so I mean and you could take severe situations cancer suffers etc people are looking for remedies what
2: do you do when you add
1: CBD to coffee So that's been an interesting market for us, so Uncanny has found success in selling into coffee houses, uh, starting in Colorado but now around the country. So it's it's a beautiful little upsell. So it's it's not unlike the Italian syrup that you might pay a dollar for to hit your coffee with, right? So this way you can do a scoop. Just hit your coffee with hit the, a, scoop, a the, scoop of the CBD. Phraseology is kind of about getting ten us back to... to twenty-five. Yeah, right. Ten to twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, it does work. Ten to twenty-five milligrams or so of CBD uh, with about a two-dollar upsell for a coffee purveyor, which is good margin for them. So they're very happy about that that transaction, and then the customer is. Happy to have a product that conceivably provides some functional benefit to them. Some pain relief, some smoothness, some relaxation. Sort of an interesting counterpoint to the caffeinated high as well. But it's it's found a place inside <laughs> the coffee houses. And the water soluble is a benefit. I mean, relative to oil-based, it actually mixes better. You're
2: listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Rashidi. I'm talking with Robbie Vitrano, the CEO of Good Spread Peanut Butter and other entrepreneurial interests, including marijuana derivative CBD company Uncanny Wellness. And Dr. Bill Acousti, orthopedic surgeon and creator of Dr. Bill's Syrup, a blend of cane and maple syrups. So Bill, how are you dealing with the the marketing side of it? I know you've got some of the rouses to pick it up. Uh, I guess I have breakfast every once in a while at Toast. That's another place yeah, that's t- used Toast
3: and Restaurant Patois, uh, Aaron or Aaron Burgow, Restaurant Patois, he's uh, a, f- a friend now. And they, we live close by to the restaurant. They were Phenomenal! At just give them a shot, put it on the and to put it on a table in a restaurant like that to is me it is selling? outstanding. Well, they, they use it for their brunches, but they've also now there's a couple menu items. Um, they have a drink um, on, on the menu called Doctor's Orders, which is a uh, it's like oh. a, a, a oh, it's in the So it's played on, it's like a whiskey sour from what I understand. I'm not a big drinker, but um, I did try it and I, I could I could drink it. It's a bourbon with lemon and they call it a Doctor Bill's craft syrup. So it's the craft syrup. It's it's pretty it's pretty good. It's a good combination. Which is the
2: side hustle? No. Is it the so, surgery or the, uh, <laughs>
3: I, I got I can't quit my day job yet. Yeah, you, 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 you don't want to, yeah, you For don't want society, wanna, yeah. you have to stay you're, there, you know. You're, a, just you're just a, a business a professor, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to look at my books. You, you, you cannot invite me on the show yet. But, you know, at this point it's too late, but um, yeah, you, I'm not i I'm not a, maybe that's the one thing that's worse than a doctor's handwriting is our business and sense. Uh, you know what sense. I like,
2: I like that you're very optimistic because on your, you just gave us some product here. Your a rocket is your logo. That has got to be right. saying. That's a statement, isn't it? So,
3: a lot of people, even the marketing people, when I first, uh, I need I need to get a, a logo, a logo or a label. And I went to a, one marketing firm, and even they were like, "What's with the rocket?" And, and I, I said. Um, I like rockets. I mean, really, that was it. I, I, I do.
0: So, and, um, so you demanded
3: the rocket. It's I, not a I, metaphor, I, it's an I actual rocket. I'm make, if I'm making up a product, that's going to have a rocket on it. And then, and then I said, you know, and they asked, well, what's it have to do with service? Well, it's the same thing, you know, that an Apple has to do with a computer. Nothing at all. Nothing at nothing. It's perfect. Like, I'll, I'll be the only bottle on the shelf with a rocket it should be easy to find you know so that's that's my thing i, I,
2: I, I just clarify something that
1: the apple did have something there the
3: computer well but it's
2: not <laughs> a little bite out of yeah. it and, and yeah. bill we're going to do something very great for you here we're going to take one of the top entrepreneurial minds in town and he's going to help you and fortunately he's right next to you i know so i'm gonna to... <laughs> robbie what um do you have a marketing question for bill
3: yeah so so i mean camera marketing it? is that's good so well first
1: of all why the vitamin d so
3: so it's a good question and you know and i you were talking about putting this in syrup and that's one of the things that a couple of people that i know that they, 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 i find that that's a perfect sweetener for like a iced coffee because it it's not granulated you pour it in and i'm thinking well maybe we have we can work go. together and yeah, this is the right. perfect carrier for the cbd and and i and, I, and as Sort of an aside, I, I will have to validate your your comments about the CBD. Uh, I have a few, quite pa- a few patients in the pediatric, or the pedic world. We have patients with cerebral palsy and spasticity, and they have pain, and sometimes very difficult to control their their pain. And I've had a number of parents who've really um, sing the praises of the CBD, and it's intriguing to me. We don't use it, uh, you know, in a in an allopathic medicine you know, practice, but. I've been. I, I think there's a lot of validity to it. or well, Something the to is it. Up. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think that's been the, the, the uh, uh, good news about remarkable. it. And you, you've had a few that have yeah. nosed out there with things like cerebral palsy treatment, etc. Yeah. That people have kind of moved forward in, and I think they're starting to get some validation around it.
3: Yeah, we have to be open, but, open-minded. So, for sure. so my biggest
1: question for you in the marketing side of it. Yeah. So you're manufacturing yourself, or are you? No. Unpacking? Well, that
3: started in the kitchen, and you know, fortunately for Louisiana, you have cottage food industry laws, right. which is really helpful because you can whip up some batches early on and see if people really liked it or not. And but then can that got old. Kitchen. Yeah, the, These are all good ideas, the, right? So, um, and um, there, there's been people that have really kind of reached out. There's a lot of a lot of people who give advice, and it's not all all, all that helpful sometimes. But but there's people that really just uh, for for no reason want to help you out. And the, so one person in particular, Bob Romero. He's he's actually a competitor in a way with his product, but he he's just um, he was in the medical profession before. He um, I contacted him kind of a random way because he does produce cane syrup, and um, and he sort of took me under his wing and gave me some very helpful advice and hooked me up with a bottler and um, we we worked together uh, in a you know not in a direct direct way but he's been very uh, very instrumental in taking getting me a uh, into the next next phase which is a co-packer and bottlers and even the labels and how to package. You have food. a song yet cuz how about a spoonful <laughs> of syrup S- helps the medicine go
2: down <laughs> helps the CBD go down Yeah, yeah. There's that up. doctor I, I on the motorcycle in a, in a
1: peanut <laughs> butter. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, would work works beautifully in
2: that. Robbie from a marketing perspective, do you think CBD cane and maple syrup is a viable product?
1: I I do. You're seeing some really amazing combinations of CBD and product now. So, I mean, you've got people like Coca-Cola exploring it, but it's showing up in beverages pretty regularly now. So the the product form, you know, the way that it shows up in an everyday life and that people are looking for that added benefit, it's already the the trail's been blazed. I mean, look at things like turmeric and... You know, these Ayurvedic type of of herbs that are showing up in drinks. So, I mean, there's quite a few out there, coconut milk-based products that would have something like maca or reishi or some of these things. So the idea of getting it into a cane syrup or a beverage or a peanut butter, these are all real possibilities. Now, what that doesn't take away is... It costs a buttload of money to get a product into the marketplace. I mean, you better bring some conversations about. Now you're getting into distribution. You're getting into co-packing. Now you know you're going to probably want to either raise some money or maybe you sleep on some money. I don't know. But and, it, and it costs then, a lot Robbie, of money wouldn't there market. be
2: um, some hesitancy, I mean, at this at this stage, at
1: least, of grocery stores not wanting to? There is a distribution carry... limitation to that, and in particular, like in online, right? So you know, online is still a fraction of the marketplace. But if your product is shelf-stable and can ship, it's not too heavy, there's a number of factors to that, online opens up a raft of possibility. Not so much for a volume play, it's still less than 5% of the total market, but what online gives you is a data-rich interaction with a customer. So, I mean, you get this from a business perspective, if I can know with precision who my customer is at a small scale, right, I can scale that up. I can go into a buyer at Rouse's and say, I know who my customer is. My customer is X, Y, and Z. This is what they're interested in. Do you want that customer in your store at Rouse's? Do you want this customer in your store at Kroger? Then I can get that buyer paying attention to me. Now, Bill, do you think a CBD version of Dr. Bill's syrup... Would harm or enhance the reputation
2: for health and wholesomeness of Dr. Bill syrup?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a loaded question. Of course. Well, right now, I think it's it's a it's a tricky play. I mean, I I think the vitamin D additive is probably a little less controversial <laughs> than the CBD. So that's. <laughs> I um, will not sell a product with vitamin D. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I stand behind the vitamin D, but, but uh, I'm. I've had not, some friends actually, in the in the in the industry that it's pretty remarkable. Uh, a few people have asked me about my what my thoughts are about CBD, and um, that actually they're in the liquor industry and sell uh, liquor. And they I'm like, why are you looking at that? And they said, well, we you know this is going to be this is going to be a, a a real market at some point. So they're already, I think, preparing and planning ahead. But to answer the question, I guess, it, I. Yeah, I think it's a trick, it's, it's a tricky. It, right, it's a tricky sell, but you know, I think um, we have to be open-minded just so, with anything. Now,
2: Dr. Bill, can I make this at home? The uh, a right. bottle of maple syrup and a bottle of cane, and sprinkle in some vitamin D, or is there a magic formula?
3: Yeah, so it's definitely magic. <laughs> 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 and, and, and it's funny you say magic, but that's that was Sick the original uh, original name was uh, I was calling it Doc's Magic Syrup, and um, just like a lot of things, I had to um, figure some stuff out on my own. This was like back. Brought me back to my uh, early uh, undergrad days in in chemistry, and I got to order some graduated cylinders and beakers and started doing experiments with different cane syrups and ratios Mm -hmm. to try to come up. (laughs) Yeah, and Oompa Loompas, they work cheap too. So that w- so the formula has changed, and I've te- you know we forced I forced uh, pancakes and, and and syrup on lots of lots of uh, visitors to the house whether they wanted them or not, and, <laughs> and, and and you know you can't please everybody, and the taste is unique, and um, but we come up with a formula. I think it's 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 a bit proprietary. It's no it's not a secret, but um, I think maybe the the tricky part was getting the vitamin D into the syrup, and that that was that, that was well, a I'm giving you a try. So. I, I love
1: that. There is a there's a a, a a a pancake blend called Birch blenders, have you seen those guys? Benders. Benders yeah. And um, it's a protein fortified, it's on a rocket ship of its own, I mean, in terms of growth. Right. You gotta hook up with that. I you mean, I think between the, the protein pancakes and the vitamin D syrup. I have lots of a, surveillance pictures of, right you know, right
3: shelves and the syrups and whatnot. Yes, yeah.
1: A lot of, <laughs> lot of I think you're willing. Robbie. Robbie, what's next for the peanut butter? So it's interesting. We've, uh, we were invited into a partnership with a huge multinational corporate company called Griffith Foods. And Griffith is an ingredient supply company and they have what they call sensory science, which is a laboratory devoted to making the next cool product. And that includes things that shows up in a McDonald's or a Zoe's kitchen or a corporate cafeteria. So these guys are working on their triple bottom line and they're looking for ways to use their ingredients and their supply chain in ways that have a greater impact. So there's a big conversation in the, in the food world about supply chain. 75% of your company sits in the supply chain. There's a lot of Power in that, in terms of agricultural, social implications, environmental implications. These guys have brought us in to create products together. So, like you, Bill, you you spend your time when it's time to make the new product. You got to ask, you know, your wife to get out of the kitchen for a couple hours <laughs> while right. you mess it up. These guys have a whole laboratory with hairnets and white coats, and it's like this is. I mean, talk about you know. You don't need it because loompa.
2: now Dr. Bill has bought the Bunsen burners, and hey, I've uh, probably and got, got everything biggest, I need in there. Yeah,
1: there's. Uh, I'm feeling much. But we're, cooking on some, we're working on some new products that are fortified peanut butter, so interesting combination of, of energy and protein and some relaxing herbs. Maybe CBD sneaks into that. Uh, that's addressed towards a number of markets, uh, not the least of which is disaster relief. So the, the, our core nonprofit product, which goes into developing parts of the world to address severe malnutrition, is based on a fortified product that's basically therapeutic and souped up, there's a unique need in that first 72 hours after a disaster to get food into there, right, to provide things that just comfort but also provide some energy, some sustenance when basically all the systems are shut down. So you think about domestically about 72 hours, internationally it could be longer. So we're working on some formulations that are shelf-stable, that can be stored and can be deployed immediately with the idea that we'll use that extreme case to kind of validate and that that also would have an appeal to a consumer market. That's even better than shoes. How about that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) One of the most cliched pieces of advice in marketing is build a better mousetrap. In other words, take a pedestrian product that everyone needs and make some changes to it that will make it more attractive than the currently available options. 30 minutes ago, you might not have thought there was much you could do to improve peanut butter or cane syrup or maple syrup. And you probably didn't think about taking your favorite drink and adding CBD to it. This has been certainly an informative and thought-provoking lunch. Robbie and Bill, it's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you both for taking the time to join me today and Out to Lunch. Uh. My oh, pleasure. Thank, Thank you so me. much. Great. Thank you. My guests and Out to Lunch today have been New Orleans entrepreneurial legend, Robbie Vitrano, CEO of Goodspread, an investor in uncanny wellness, and Dr. Bill Acousti, orthopedic surgeon and creator of Dr. Bill's Serum. You can find out more about Robbie's and Bill's business ventures by following the links on our website, it's itsneworleans.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. And our researcher is Maggie Mendel. You can listen to this show and to past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts, including Spotify and at itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, and Dr. Bill is not wearing that white hospital coat today, just to... Fill that in right now you can find photos from the show on itsneworleans.com, on itsneworleans Facebook page, and at itsneworleans on Instagram. These photos were taken today by Jill Lafleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. Out to lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO eighty nine point nine FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business, New Orleans style. Out to lunch.
0: Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by... Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and by Basics Swim and Gym and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, and by the It's New Orleans Happy Hour podcast. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed, and at mitchellforeman.com.